You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. All right, folks, what's good? Another episode of Ain't No Seeds podcast. We've got a fun one. We were ready to just fire takes all over the place because the Kansas football Jayhawks are 4-0 for the second straight year, which is absolutely insane to say out loud. 4-0, two years in a row. First time since, like, 1915 like insane Lance I mean we don't have to do the whole Lance Leipold's a legend we've done it we've gone over it a hundred times the guy is incredible but boys we're 4-0 we're heading in we're ranked we're heading into a game with Texas who is a wagon so we'll talk about that um but B turn I'll start with you and then AB I want to hear from you but like what where you guys how you feel it, I guess, is the first thing I want to know. Like, how how absolutely hype are you about the fact that we are actually 4-0? Yeah, obviously, I feel great. It's a little different feeling than last year. Last year, we weren't really used to it. It had been a long time since they even won four games um, when they got off to the fast start last year, started 5-0. and But this year just feels different. Like, kind of leave the stadium just expecting to win. And obviously, you're pumped. But I, like I said, I expect it. I'm so content with the staff, and I just... I know they're going to be – I know it's going to be well-planned, executed. Um, they're going to play well, play hard, and I just – it's amazing. Like, you already talked about Lance, but the changes he's made and how much different the culture is already um, this soon into the process is nuts to me. I feel like when you really sit back and think about it, it's wild. Like, in the moment, I don't know, but I'm not sure how many coaches really could do this and took over a winless program. It's nuts, and two games away from going bowling – back-to-back years for the second time in program history so it's not it's nuts ab where you at uh i've thought some dangerous things today boys about this football season (laughs) Um, i don't want to get into that deep too far yet but it might start with p and end with layoff we'll see how this weekend goes um (laughs) i'm telling you it's just i i didn't want to overreact at all this year i've tried to stay quiet but there's just something about starting four now um that gets me fired up but I've, I've said i don't know if i've told you guys yet there's something about you know how we always make stupid predictions that we're gonna win like 172 to 14 in a basketball game or something really dumb you know what one of those would have been in 2019 the three teams ranked in the big 12 in football were oklahoma texas and kansas uh that feels like one of those dumb predictions that we would have just lapped off and then taken another drink of our beer to tailgate while james is on the table giving a speech but now here we are. It's a reality, and it's just an unbelievable feeling. I can't describe it. It really is wild. I mean, just being like, I was blown away looking back, seeing a clip from Jalen last year doing the one, two, three, four. Like the fact that we have old footage of a player being four and zero that we can now use this year because we're four and zero. It's just like crazy to think that. What have we now won? Lance has now won eight of his last. No, really, what we went? What did we go last year? Six and, Six seven. and seven. So he's won ten of his last. Um, you got it. You got it. What are we? I mean, they're five and zero oh last year. Finished six and seven. Now we're four and zero. Oh. Why not do this to myself? I just. 
10 out of his last 17. Yeah. Yes, that is how math works. So 10 out of his last 17. We've now watched 10 out of the last 17 KU football games. We've walked away happy and a winner. And really, 11 out of those 17 we've walked away, if you include the Arkansas game where it was like, yeah, we lost, uh, but it was electric and it was... <laughs> Even the oh. TCU game. Even yeah. the TCU game. I walked out of there on top of the world, like one flag or one you know call goes our way. We're winning that game, and that's a team that went to the championship. Plus, it was game day, like so yeah, twelfth so last seventeen, which is really yeah, yeah, crazy. I mean, that was a, that was obviously a tie game with a minute left. We had the ball driving in their territory, and yeah, like you said, last play of the game should have been two flags, and there wasn't any. So, I think we we came into this year saying that we thought we could compete with almost anyone. Obviously, we'd be nervous about Texas. We'll talk about them later, and OU and K State's beaten us every year since oh eight oh nine, whenever it was, but. We felt like we could compete with everyone, and we, the Illinois game was huge. You get past that, and then you really start thinking 4-0. and And me and A.B. talked about this last week, but it's wild that we were a 10-point favorite at home against a conference team, and they covered. Like, mm-hmm. if you would have told me a year or so ago KU was going to be a two-score favorite against a conference team, I would think you're crazy. Yeah. It, and they're covering. The thing about and, that is, like, it was weird showing up to the booth on Saturday, three and zero. But you're you're showing up three and zero, being like, "We better leave here four and zero." Like it wasn't like a man. I hope we leave here four and zero. It was like take care of business today because we're the far better team. It was the Duke game from last year. Yeah. I don't know if anyone like, but even the score, I feel, is either the exact same or very similar. I yeah. say maybe last year was thirty five twenty seven or something like that. Yeah. But it, but so I those vibes. Here's yeah. what I was going to throw out to you guys. We're 4-0, and but does Breaking. it feel like we've really played our absolute A game yet? I mean, we're 4-0. No. We really haven't had to sweat for a win yet, no. other than Nevada, which we all – that game was the most boring football game, most boring environment you'll ever see. I don't blame them for not playing good. You take away the Illinois first half. That was probably the best we've played so far. And outside yeah. of that – we're just handling business, but we really have not seen like what we saw week one through five last year where the offense was just clicking. Now, maybe that's something to be concerned about, but it's not concerning to me considering we've still managed to go out and get four wins in that process. And I still think the best is yet to come. Whereas last year, it kind of felt like, man, we maybe peaked a little early. The schedule was a little favorable. I don't know. I just, I'm very excited about the fact that we're 4-0 and I do not think we're even close to playing our best yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing at all. I think it's a good thing. Um, we kind of talked about this after the first few few games. I mean, the Missouri State game was kind of tight, even there in the third quarter. Illinois, yeah, it was like a perfect first half, but second half they kind of let off the gas, and Illinois made it a little interesting. Nevada obviously was tied in the fourth, and then first quarter against BYU, obviously down at half. Um, we are great against the run, but Slovis kind of had a pretty good half. So, yeah, we haven't put – four quarters together. I mean, we know how explosive this offense is. Like, Rye, obviously, I saw you at halftime against BYU, and I don't know if I was reading you right, but I saw a little nervousness in the eyes, and I saw a little panic. Like, maybe, damn, maybe we might lose this game. I don't know if I'm right. but that. And then we talked about the offense, how it just looks a little different. It doesn't look as explosive, and it kind of makes me think that they really haven't opened up the playbook a ton maybe, um, but I think it's crazy saying that because it's not like the offense is shitting the bed. Like the offense yeah. is still going out there. They're 
I don't know if you guys know this, but they're number one in the country again on third down, on third down, converting third downs. They're 26 of 43. And you just sit, when you see that, you sit back and think like it, it just reminds you, I guess, of the games. I mean, last year, JD picking up third downs against Houston. This year, they're doing it again, even though they need to stop doing the get out of the huddle and run to the off the O line and fall apart every time. Um, but yeah, the offense is still really good. And that's crazy that we don't think they're as explosive which I think our fans would agree, but our offense is still putting up numbers, moving the ball. I think we left some points out there in every game so far. So, Yeah. A.B., you have any thoughts on, I mean, are we I like playing our B game right now? Are we playing our A-minus game? Like, Where do you think this team is at in comparison to where they could be by the end of the year? Um. It's kind of like the Chiefs in a weird way. Like before yesterday, it was like, wow, the defense has looked really damn good, and we just have to worry about the offense figuring it out more. It's kind of in a way how I feel about KU. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was all over Twitter yesterday. Right now, KU has the 21st ranked defense in the country, uh, which is second in the Big 12, and they have the number one ranked special teams unit in the country, which coming off of last year feels impossible. Shout out to Sean Snyder. Family legend, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's just a uh, Kansas family right there. Went right. to the real part of Yeah. If it's, I mean, people can say, oh, Illinois and BYU, like, wait till you start playing real offenses. Those defensive numbers will go down. Look at the schedule. I'm sorry, but other than Texas this weekend, point, find me a game where you're terrified <laughs> of the offense coming in. That's going to be much better than Illinois or BYU. So, like, Sure, maybe it's inflated a little bit, but it's not like it's going to get much tougher for the majority of the games. Like, are you scared of Oklahoma State? Are you scared of Iowa State? Like, no. There's there and Oklahoma scored twenty points against a bad Cincinnati defense the other day. Like, they're just. I don't know that there's a bigger test coming outside of this weekend in Austin as far as the defense goes. No, it it no. really is crazy. Like, I don't. Oh, you maybe. It, yeah. Oh, you will be. Texas is better though offensively, but. It is nuts when you look out the rest of the season. You assume Texas loss. You assume even assume an OU loss. But there's nobody on this schedule that terrifies me anymore other than those two teams. And they re- OU does not terrify me one bit. I still – I will be – I absolutely think KU will be in that game in the fourth quarter in Lawrence here in a few weeks or in a month or whatever that game is. But it is, it is crazy. The Big 12 is not – what we've seen it before. There's no reason to think we shouldn't go win at Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State, I think, is going to keep improving. They're not going to be South Alabama bad like they were. But we beat them last year, and I know they were banged up. But I don't know. Like it, like you said, A.B., everyone keeps – and I, you know, you see it a little bit with K-State fans. Like, oh, it's just easy schedule again. Like, of course they're 4-0. But it's like – Aren't we supposed to be the shitty team that everyone Yeah, beats? it's like – uh like AB said, the schedule's not exactly turning into just some gauntlet the rest of the way. I mean, Iowa State's still out there. Oklahoma State's still out there. Cincinnati's still out there. Like UCF's still out there. They they got they're banged up. They don't I don't think they're playing with their starting quarterback right now. Like this same thing out there. <laughs> yeah, this this same thing happened last year. Um when before the season I was talking we and AB talked about this last week, but Thought I was tweeting about getting out of the Houston game, and they thought I'm K State fans thought I meant we were going to win, and so they were all they were all thought I was insane 
they thought we would lose, obviously, then we play Houston, beat them, and then our schedule is easy because we're winning the games. Before the year, Illinois, they would have said we're going to lose. Now we beat them, and they stink, and their quarterback stinks, and BYU is new to the conference, and they can't run the ball, and they stink. So we're supposed to just cakewalk and win every game because KU is a powerhouse football program now. So, yeah, yeah it's it's wild. Like you, it, you play the teams that are on the schedule, and you take care of business. And it goes back to AB's point. Like, even if you want to say, yeah, the schedule's been easy, if that's the take you want to live on, sure. But then go look at the rest of the schedule and convince yourself that KU's not going to go in seven, eight games now. Like, it's just very much, yeah, and we'll talk about our new expectations, but that's the thing. Like, it's not like we just played an easy schedule and now we've got Texas, uh, the Michael Crabtree Texas Tech Red Raiders still to come. Like, it's not the old Big 12. We have winnable football games left. We've taken care of business in the games we needed to, and we're going to continue to probably win some more here coming up. Go ahead, B-Turn. Thank you for raising your hand. Quarterback Tyler Shuck out for the year for Texas Tech. Did you see that? Broken fibula, which is obviously sad, but going to make – I mean, he's pretty – he's solid, I think. That was a game we'd be worried about. I know that's a team Vegas had way up there to make the Big 12 championship, I think like fourth, third or fourth on the list. But I was going to ask you this, and it sounds crazy because before the year, we would have been pumped with a three-and-one start if they would have lost one of these. If we would have lost to BYU on Saturday, would you guys or the fans have been nervous about going bowling? Not nervous, but like sitting there trying to think which three, were, which three games we're going to win rest of the year just because you do have Texas, OU, K-State, I I don't know, A.B. I, I think my – I would have been nervous because it would have been coming off the Nevada game, which we looked bad in. So if you turn – if you yeah. follow up the Nevada game with a loss at home to a BYU team that you were 10-point favorites, then, yeah, I think I think you start to get some doubts back in your head. But uh, I still think it would have been doable even if we would have. Yeah. Like, you're going to lose some conference games. I guess – You maybe expect to win, but, yeah. A.B., you go ahead. Um. I personally wasn't like when we were down at half and BYU was getting the ball because it was, I don't know if it's just like a mentality switch for last year. I was so hyper-focused on let's just get to the bowl game in that streak. And now it's like, maybe I do just expect it, but I'm not going to live and die on the six win landmark. Like I'm kind of thinking yeah. longer term. So, but if, but if you asked me that question and KU would have lost, I'm sure I would have gone through the schedule right this second and tried to pinpoint the three other wins that we could have because it does get tough and, We've been used to going into Big 12 play. Like, I mean, last year, what were we, three and six in conference? Like, and that was far and away our best conference show since 2008. Yeah, we beat West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and in Iowa State. Iowa State, the kicker bet on Kansas. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to look at just a bowl game either, six wins, but when we, before the game, I was like, dude, if we win this game, we're four and oh. And I personally would think we're going to go beat Oklahoma State and Iowa State. I know they're both on the road, but God, those offenses suck so bad. Like, why are we not? Yeah, and I agree. Why are we not beating UCF too? Am I missing yeah. something? And yeah. man, I mean, if if Plumley plays, Plumlee's they're pretty, pretty damn good. But like, if he's, I mean, he might be bad. Can we play him? I think it was just the last week in this K State no, game. I'm but, I'm confused about that because like it, a lot of K State fans had like the thought in, the set, in their head that he was going to be questionable for that game on Saturday. But every national thought Howard here talk about it. 
all the national people are saying that he's plumly still got a couple more weeks. So like, I have no idea what to believe or what's true and what people are running with, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, like B turn said, you got to think we go get Iowa state. You got to go think we get Oklahoma state, but like, here's the thing. If you just look down on paper, you take out the fact that we're Kansas, you take out the fact the last 15 years and you just say, okay, Here's a team that started 4-0 last year. They had their quarterback get hurt. They had a good running back get hurt. They went on to still make a bowl game and lose in overtime in that bowl game. They didn't return everybody that matters, pretty much. That quarterback's now healthy. The running back's back, and he's better. Everyone else, like, if you just look at what we're looking at on paper, it's like this team, this Kansas team, if you throw – Oklahoma on them or you throw the uh, even a name like Texas Tech or Oklahoma State you're looking down and you're saying this why is this team not a, considered an actual threat to make it to Arlington and not make a playoff I know AB you're gonna get into that but like no I don't know like we're <laughs> this is what I was this is word for word what I was trying to tell you a month ago yeah and I mean I, f- I feel like you know what the answer is it's the stigma behind KU football and I was yeah, thinking exactly what exactly what you just said um, about everyone returning. Like you had, you started five and zero. You ranked. You almost beat TCU. Every every KU fan in the country knew what the issue was on the team. The two things: stopping the run and special teams. Special teams might have been first thing. I mean, Borchilla. I'm sorry, but he was awful. That guy's hilarious. Him missing that kick for Vanderbilt in the bad game was just... Um, But yeah, they go get Seth Keller. Special teams has looked freaking awesome through four games. I have zero complaints stopping them around. I'm not saying we've played some elite offenses. We haven't, but they've done their job. Um, BYU, 22 carries for nine yards. 0.4 a carry. I kept looking up at the scoreboard and seeing 0.4 a carry. I don't think I've seen that in my entire life. Um, but we knew they didn't have a rushing attack. But yeah, our we've looked great in the trenches on both sides. The defense has been great. They go fix special teams in the off season. We got a new punter, um, and Leipold's just incredible at adapting. And it's just like we talked about that when we hired in Buffalo one year with their personnel. They led the MAC in passing. The next year with their personnel, they led the MAC in rushing. And they went like ten and two. They were ranked. So yeah, I don't. It's He's incredible. So He's He's, it, makes that's me, where, it literally makes me chuckle thinking about how good Lance Leipold is. See, right? You were on um, this episode. We talked about it, but someone tweeted about Leipold being one of the best coaches in the Big 12, which he is. And someone was like, what has he done? It was like a big account, too. It was like, what has he done to prove that he's one of the best coaches in the Big 12? And it's like, do you, like, does he need to make conference titles at Kansas two years in? Does he need to make the playoff? Does he need to win double-digit games? Like, he is clearly one of the best co- coaches in the league and in the country. Yeah, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, okay, we got to take a quick break, though. When we come back, we can continue to uh, phrase Lance Leipold. But we also got to talk about my guy, Kobe Bryant. We got to make sure we talk about that because that hit was electric. So quick break, and uh, let's talk home field, though, boys. Uh, I mean, B turns repping it. I, I just got a package a few weeks ago. I've got another one on the way. The hoodies, phenomenal. I mean, this. I mean, it's hoodie season, by the way. 
very much hoodie season, even though a little right hot, favorite. little hot in Lawrence on Saturday could have, uh, would have definitely preferred a little cooler. So I could rock one of the new hoodies, but home field, they always deliver. We talk about them all the time. Uh, they're premium collegiate apparel brand. They're based in Indianapolis. We always joke. Doesn't matter if it's your favorite team or Idaho, they're going to put out fire gear that you're going to be like, hmm, I'm down. I think I like that team now. So we love the home field. Uh, their shirts are soft. Their hoodies are fantastic. Uh, the crew necks are even great. Crew necks, they, they just, they understand what the fans want. You get these other big brands. I'm not going to say them. You get the big brands. They don't know what the fans want. Home field does. Home field delivers. They gave us circus font. They give you the old school look. They give you everything you want. Uh, they're the best. They're fantastic. Go to homefieldapparel.com. They've got a wide selection. So even if you're not a KU fan and you're tuning in because you're confused on why KU football is now an absolute juggernaut. BYU. Probably have, yeah. BYU fans. They probably have fire gear for you. I hope they do. I don't know. The guest, um, I, guest I had on to talk about BYU is a huge home field guy, has a bunch of stuff. Can you imagine Bill Self t- saying, talking about soft oh, yeah. um, home field shirts? Wow, these are soft. These are soft. <laughs> yeah, so go go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Go give them a look. We promise you uh, won't regret it. So shout out home field. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Okay, so I said I wanted to talk, and I mean BYU game. We've kind of mentioned some major things about it. You, the defense was huge. I mean, exactly what you want to see. Luke Grimm did his thing. Luke Grimm's great. JD's great. But the guy we got to talk about, who's having just an absurd season, is Kobe Bryant. But what I really wanted to talk about, B turn, you were in the booth on Saturday. I think outside of the high shaw run against TCU last year, do you think the pop the crowd made when Bryant did that? I it might have been better than the high shaw because I mean that was as good of a just crowd pop that I've heard in the booth and maybe ever in my I mean yeah. we have not seen uh, if you you got to go back to the recent days to even compare to it, but like. That was just such a huge play. Set the tone early, and I, I got to think that's part of why you saw the defense uh, play pretty good Saturday. Yeah, and it, it's one of the best hits I've seen, I mean, as a KU fan, maybe the best ever. So it was it was especially um, huge. We had we had the ball before that. We were driving. We had fourth and inches. We do the hurry up to the offensive line, false start, don't get it. So you left points there, and then – they run a reverse, um, and Kobe nails him and then scoops it and scores. I I was kind of caught up on looking for a flag because I'm just always expecting refs to call, like, targeting or something. I don't know if it was or not, but I was kind of locked in, making sure there wasn't a flag. I was pumped. That was amazing. And Kobe, Kobe was targeted um, three times on Saturday, gave up one catch, had a forced fumble, recovered fumble, touchdown, and he had a pick that I thought he was going to run back for a second where he – turned and went the other direction um but yeah he's he's incredible and that hit was awesome he kind of did the same thing against illinois where they did call the targeting he he's just so good and like that's that's the thing that and i ab you were all about it but even that was what i was saying in the offseason it's like 
we're returning all these guys and they're all going to get better. Like they're not just going to be what they were last year. He was an all conference, big 12 defensive player. And he spent an entire off season with this staff, really the best staff. Like, I don't know. Like it makes sense that you're seeing guys like him and Devin Neal, like, they're taking a huge step to where it's not just like they're the guys that we get back from a team that won six games last year. They are, but they're the better version of those guys. And like, that's why I feel like the expectations are not crazy. And we'll talk about this. Like, it's not crazy to say this team can go win whatever you want to say, the eight, not, I don't know. I don't know, but it's just awesome. Cause like, and we can talk about Devin Neal. That guy's going to make so much money in the NFL. So it was probably Kobe Bryant. I don't know. I don't know much about Kobe Bryant's like NFL uh, options, but he's having an incredible season. And those guys, the step they've taken, number one pick, just it just makes you very, very, very excited for for the next how many weeks we got left? Eight, we eight, 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 eight. Well, excuse me, excuse me. We've got ten games remaining, and now five uh, week. Um, okay. I've got a, I've got a, I've got something on another uh, KU defensive player. Now you guys can tell me if I'm crazy. Is Austin Booker the most underrated player on the roster? He is a monster. He's been so right. Good. Right. Do you know what we're talking about? Huh? Do you know what we're talking about? Do I know who we're talking about? Yeah. The look you gave made it like feel like you had no idea what I was well, talking about. Well, I know that Austin Booker is very good, but. Yeah. I guess throw me some stats. Why is he the most underrated player on the I mean, he's got three and a half sacks. He's only played in three or two and a half games, I guess, because he sat out the first half in Nevada. Uh, he had seven tackles. Uh, Leading tackler on Saturday. Yeah, two and a half tackles for loss. He just – one of the big questions, we talked pass rush, we talked – or excuse me, rush defense and special teams, and then pass rush to me was the third one going into the year. And I'm we lost Lonnie Phelps. We were a little bummed when he left. And we, I personally, I don't know if you guys were locked into the transfer portal and guys we had coming in. I didn't know who this guy was before the Illinois game. And then he comes out and he's just causing mayhem and havoc all over the field. So it's just, just to see a pass rusher. And that's what I like to see on defense. Just a guy getting around the edge and hitting the quarterback. Having one of those guys is massive. Once we get to play in these teams that throw the ball 50, 60 times a game, like Ewers will on Saturday, like Oklahoma might in a few weeks, like having a guy that can get to the quarterback is going to be massive. So just wanted to shout him out. I don't think his name has been mentioned on this podcast since the year started. So I had to give him yeah. a shine. And obviously, big, big in the Illinois game, that was kind of a big yep. story where he obviously got ejected for a bullshit targeting call. Okay. I mean, yeah, he plays so hard with a ton of energy and just gets after the quarterback. And the transfer portal is great. We've gotten two kids now on the new line from Minnesota, and they got a kid from Auburn. So – it's nice. I mean, you can go sell guys in the offseason. Like, listen, like after this season, you can be like, hey, listen, Jalen Daniels is back. Devin Neal's back. We have this badass offense. You want to transfer from this big time power five school, come to Kansas and start and play the entire game? All we need is our defense is good now, but we can get guys from huge schools to just transfer, play right away, throw them some NIL money. And I don't know. I don't, I, it's just awesome. Look has been great and the D line's been obviously a lot better than we knew or thought. We didn't really know what to expect, but the defense has been so good. And yeah, Austin Booker was leading tackler Saturday. And yeah. Yeah. So if we can I don't know, it if the defense can stay anywhere near where they've been, 
I'm giddy, obviously. Uh, wow, we're breaking, breaking, news. breaking news in the chat. Uh, Asphalt is going to commit. Who? Yep. What a name. Name's Madness 2020. Well, I don't know how to pronounce it. Baron Fillin? Is that his name? I was going to send it to group It looked like LeBron, and I thought we're going to get him and Bill Self someone else. All-time heater. Just a heater. And top I mean, one player. Yeah. Stick, your, stick your flag in it, folks, because Bill, you know, Bill, Bill's not done, right? Right? Should be, um, yeah. Done. Wave yeah, the yeah. flag. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> okay. Um, Is there anything else to talk about in the BYU game? I mean, kind of want to talk about JD. I thought he was, he didn't, he didn't use his legs much at Nevada. He didn't do it much in the first half, but second half, my God, he had two massive third down conversions on his legs, two that a lot of quarterbacks in the country don't get. One of them was one where a quarterback would probably slide or just get tackled, not be shifty enough, but he kind of cut it in, jumped put his body on the line to get the first down. And there was another one on the right sideline. And I think obviously it was a tight game, both situations, but yeah, him on his feet is so dangerous. There was been improvising a lot in the pocket, kind of running like 20 yards back. And, but there was one where um, I think it was Skinner Arnold, but he was running to the left threw across his body. And he's just so fun to watch when he's improvising and um, making things happen with his legs. He just has those moments where it's like Heisman moments. Yeah, well, it's just like signs of you're just like, holy, like this guy is a different level of talent that KU has not seen in a long time at quarterback. But I also, and I know Devin, I don't know what Devin Neal's stats are being. I know he didn't like. 17 know, for 91. Yeah, I mean, not like the most, the best Devin Neal game ever. But he's so fun to watch, and I think we're probably losing him after this year. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. But has anyone ever thrown this comparison out? Because here's who he reminds me of. The way he's like, and he started doing it a little more this year, I think. The way he like gets the ball and kind of sits behind the line and waits for something to open up, Le'Veon Bell. He screamed Le'Veon Bell. Kane's dad said that at the game Saturday. Dude, he's that doing that. running back that would just pop around in the backfield and then boom. Yeah, yeah. that's like funny Le'Veon. because that's what just. Yeah, he he's gotten better. I know he's kind of done that, but he's gotten better at it where he just kind of sits back there. He's patient. And I just remember like there was a run Saturday where it wasn't anything flashy, but it was just something where he made nothing or he made something out of nothing. The play seemed to dead and he manages to get six yards out of it. And I was just like, dude, this guy is going to play in the NFL for a long time. Um, I just pray that it's not next season and it's two years from now. But he's so good. And I don't know. It's the same thing with the Kobe Bryant, same thing with JD. It these guys are just keep developing under Lance and it it makes you not only excited for what we have now, but to just think of the guys that aren't even playing yet, the guys that are on the bench yeah. behind these guys, what can they be in two or three years too? So it's just a whole different world of talent development that we just really didn't see the last fifteen years at Kansas. Uh, yeah, he's um he's right right um close to 400 rushing yards on the year, four games in. So obviously on pace for another thousand yard a year as long as he stays healthy. And he's Lawrence kids, so I don't maybe he'll stay another year. I don't know like what his draft status is. I wouldn't think he's just going to go in the first few unless he just keeps going nuts. 
people don't value running backs as much, so it's tough. But sure. I hate looking ahead, but yeah, what if they do return JD, Devin Neal, and they kill it in the portal? Like we really could have a lot of guys back next year. I mean, Jacoby, yeah. all the so yeah, I think the depth is a huge thing too. I think Leipold has built this roster really well. And there's a lot like the backup linemen are great. They got Calvin Clements, the five, the really high recruit from Lawrence. They got some depth on the D line, like and I've and said secondary too. I think I've made this joke before, but like I can't get over it. When you look at our D line and our O line, we've got like dudes now. We've got like they're big dudes, but they have like muscles. We used to just have just kind of chunky fat dudes playing O line. And like, yeah, they were big, but they weren't, I mean, they were not stopping a thing. And now you look at that, like the sidelines and you're like, we've got guys, we've got some dudes. And I don't know, it, we can sit here all day and just rave over the roster we currently have. But I guess my point is, and I want to talk Texas, we got to get to Texas. Do we want to talk Texas first or do we want to talk like expectations first or like new expectations? AB, what do you want to do first? What if we did expectations if we beat Texas or expectations if we lose to Texas? Okay. Let's uh should we just break here before we transition? Do we need a break? Do we need a break? Oh, there it is. We got a note. All right, yeah. Let's uh let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so we, we've got Texas coming up. Texas is a wagon. They're good. They're number three in the country. They are, last I checked, what, 17.5-point favorites? It's a tall task. But if there's anything we know as Kansas football fans, Texas is not. We ain't scared of Texas. Not one bit. Last year was not good. It was not good. Not good at all. B. John Robinson ain't walking through that tunnel, boy. He is not. He is absolutely not. So... I guess, A.B., and b turn even if you have thoughts, but I'll start with you, A.B., what what do we, why could we beat Texas? Do you have something that you can convince me on, or is it just like a, how electric would it be if we beat Texas? Because I'm down for both. My dumb brain can take both, but 
here you, well, you have a, a route. <laughs> there's there's a couple things. First of all, I went back and watched the full highlights of KU Texas 2021 when we won in overtime, of course. A lot of dudes still on this roster that played in that game. They know how to win there. But the biggest of all, and we said it on the season preview episode, next week, Texas has Red River. Biggest look ahead you can imagine. They're like, oh, Oklahoma's top 15. Oh, we got a big game coming up against them. It just look out for college kids being a little sleepy looking ahead to other games. I almost wish we were unranked for this game. We could really come in sneaky and, you know, not really change much. But um, I, I think it could be a sleepy spot for Texas. And I think this is KU's Super Bowl this year. Like, this is kind of like a measuring stick game for the program. Like, yeah, can we be that cute team that starts 4-0? gets, you know, into the rankings barely for a week and then lose, and then, you're, you know, you're just your average conference team? Or are you a team that can go into Austin, be a top three team in the Big 12 like they currently rank, and, you know, compete? I'm not even saying win, just make it a competitive game. Fourth quarter, one possession game, be interesting. Like, that's kind of how I'm viewing this one. It's a measuring stick. I don't have expectations to go in and win the game by 10. I think they could win. I'm not going to predict them to win, but I want to see how they – you know, one year after doing, you know, starting this way and finishing poorly, are they at a point now where they can start hot, continue that, and, you know, win eight, nine games, whatever it is? Yeah, because a, a lot of people, I've been saying that same thing. A lot of people are like, well, we played Texas so tight in Austin and and we beat them in Lawrence years ago. Um, and obviously KU's ranked, so maybe Texas won't. But you think about it from like KU's perspective. Like, say we were a home favorite against us. We were a 17-point favorite against a team at home, and we had K-State the next week. You're telling me some some of our fans would probably be like, wouldn't, we wouldn't be as interested in the game. We'd be looking ahead a little bit. It's kind of like the Nevada thing. Where <laughs> it was about, me against Nevada. I was like, yeah, nice. 100%. Easy win. Check. And then I'm scared to death. Yeah, Man, that's 2 a.m. That's kind of me and A.B. made that comparison. We are like, well, think about the team – compared to our fans, it kind of was the same thing. Slump walked through the game. We didn't really care about the game. We thought we'd win by four scores, whatever. But, yeah, think about it like that. We're 17-point favorites against, like, Cincinnati next year, and we have K-State at home the next week, our biggest rivals. So, I don't know. They Obviously, the fans could overlook us. I don't know how much that matters. But, I mean, I don't know. OU is obviously – Texas is one of the biggest rivals rivalries in the country. Um, but, yeah, we – I was doing some research on KU Texas the last two times we went there, and we were 31-point dogs when we won there with JD. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, in 2019, should have won. Special teams killed us. I mean, we got to have Carter on this week. We've talked about this before. Special teams murdered us. We were up one with a minute left. 21-point dogs that night. I'm not saying this Texas team's the same, but like AB said, you have the same personnel. Yeah, you have the same guys from that team. They have that belief that they can go into Austin and win. The coaching staff does too. They're always going to have the belief. I've always said they can win games that people don't think we can or can compete in. Like That's how good the staff is. Um, yeah, I was looking at all the weapons from that year. Devin Neal had a hell of a game. Cardell was catching passes. Jared Casey, Lawrence Arnold, Jalen Daniels was starting quarterback. No respect to Jalen Milrow, but Jalen Daniels is the best quarterback Texas has seen this year, this coming week. And their defense is really damn good. We can talk about their personnel if we want, but defense really good. They haven't seen this good of a quarterback, and I don't see how there's any pressure on Kansas this weekend. Yeah, you're ranked. Yeah, you're undefeated. You want to go in there and compete. 
Um, but you go in there, guns blazing, open up the playbook, take deep shots, take chances on fourth down, open up the playbook, run trick plays, like just go in there with confidence, ready to go, no pressure, no nerves, just go play and compete. Yeah. We, we compete and we lose, come back home, you have UCF at the booth, it'll be sold out. You win that game, you're five and one. Can you imagine? Five and would going into Oklahoma State, who yeah. very yeah. winnable body. So, yeah, a, B turn, you were kind of on the same track as me, but it's like here, if I had to really just lay out and me not being like the super analytical football guy, here's my fan brain laying out how we get there. Not only, I mean, AB, you've been talking since like June 6th about how Texas is going to look ahead to OU in this game. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. But also, like, they really haven't been tested yet. They, they, Beat Alabama. No, so let me let me clarify. Or have they missing <laughs> a game? No. Were they like we're in a middle liner? Yeah, my, and they had a real good slide. one with Wyoming. Yeah, but Josh Allen. ten minutes. It was twelve night, minutes yeah. left. But what they end up winning by? I don't think they were showing anything, and yeah, they ended up finding a I yeah thirty one ten. Okay, that's what I was saying. My my point is okay. These guys have beat. <laughs> they beat Alabama. They've kind of strolled through their schedule. Mm-hmm. And it would be so easy to just kind of be like, all right, we're good. Like we are, we're going to roll. We're Texas. We're back. We're, we beat Alabama. Like, like it feels <laughs> like the way they've started this season is a perfect recipe for them to just kind of fall asleep at the wheel here. And then boom, Jalen Daniels, Andy Nikki, like you just said, B turn, they come out and you see one of those, a playbook like we saw early in the year last year, Houston. Uh, Westfall, where we just punch you in the mouth and you don't even know what happened to you. I don't know. The defense is great. We know that. But I'm just saying, I again, yeah. this is my dumb brain analysis. If you can uh, catch them kind of on their, you know, what do they call it, on their heels, then you, yeah. you inflict some fear into them. I'm telling you, yeah. it could happen. That is my, that's my route to getting there. That's about all I know. Now, the other side of it is, like you said, Beecher, just compete. Show we belong. A loss is okay. It is. And then you just turn around and you make sure you're ready to beat UCF the next week. Like, that's what I want to see. Be in this game in the fourth quarter doesn't mean have a lead. It means have a shot. Have a shot. That's all I ask. I just don't want this to be a 41 to 14 game where you're like, God, we're just not even close to these top teams yet. We're good. We're we're still 4-1, and one, but we're not close that's where I'm at. I want to feel good about the legitimacy of this team heading into UCF. AB, you got anything else? Yeah, I mean, it's just like if the ultimate goal, because we know KU football is never going to win a national championship, but if you'd like to see them win conference championship games, these are teams you're going to have to compete with in December when it comes to that game. So just, you know, another thought. But can I ask, what are uh, what are we going to think if we do win that game? <laughs> we had to do it. That's what this podcast 7-0 start. For sure. Who do we have after Oklahoma State? Boomer coming off a bye. That'll be game day, boys. I'm telling you. What? Number one in the country at that point? Amy, what are we ranked if we win Saturday? Top 10. No, I started looking at it. I think it's best case, unless we hop Texas, like 12 or 11. Or unless there's crazy. At the top 10, are we going to be above Oregon or Washington? Or Got to clip that. There's a lot of good teams, right? 
We'd be five and zero with a win over a top three yes. team in the country. Okay, let me. I was looking at this. I'm glad. I love that we're, we're doing this. this. I love that we're here's, debating where KU should be ranked for beating Texas. Are they going to be? Are they going to ranked over Georgia? Yep. Five and zero. Just kidding. Yeah. No. no. Let's assume all these teams win. Michigan. Are they going to be over Michigan? Also yeah. five and zero. No. Texas. They might be because they would have beaten them. They're not going to be over Ohio State. They're not going to be over five and zero Florida State. They're not going to be over a five and zero Penn State. They're not going to be over a five and zero Washington. Yeah, okay, but who? There's why? That have- why? Why are we not? Because they have first place votes right now. Can you imagine though if we don't win and we have a first place vote? Just I just want one. I guess I my point is, team. wouldn't those teams will lose? Yeah, there's teams in front of us that might lose this weekend. Right? But it's a soft schedule. Hey, like, you're the one that said top ten. Coach. I know, but I thought we'd be higher than twenty four this week. It's, it's it's frustrating a little bit, but you know what? I I don't know. All right, let's let's not spend too much time talking about where we'll be ranked after beating Texas. But what I do want to talk about, I want to I want to get this. I want to talk actual now realistic. Re- I mean, literally three four weeks ago, we're talking about like what's best case scenario, worst case scenario. Me and Aiden screamed at each other because right, we we had a disagreement on what a true best case scenario meant, worst case scenario, blah, blah, blah. We're now 4 0. And the the scale has changed. The expectations have changed. I don't know. Does Vegas do like an updated win total projection? I have I saw really someone looked. have a screenshot last week that said it was seven and a half, but I have no idea where it came from or when it came out or how real it was. So like yeah, is the new before the BYU game <clears throat> I guess B, B turn, and then I'll AB. You can go, but like, sure. What is the new? What is your new expectation of if we don't get to this amount of wins? I'm disappointed. Um, I'll say, like counting the bowl game or regular season, just regular season. I'd be pretty pissed if they didn't get to seven wins. Eight. I was gonna say eight, but God, four wins. Yeah, after the Texas game, we'll have seven, so we'd have to go four and three the rest of the year. And yeah, there's some wins on the schedule, I think, but it's tough to say eight. Being disappointed, I think, I think we'll get to eight, maybe nine, maybe twelve. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd be pretty upset if they don't get to seven. But what I sounds crazy. What's the difference between six and seven? I was going to say, but I think we should win three more games. Is that where you're at, AB? Yeah, at least. I was going to say, like, it sounds dumb, back-to-back bowl games being likely, but if we go out and finish two and, what would it be, two and six? Similar to, I mean, exactly what we did last year, that would just be a kind of a buzzkill, I guess. Especially it, because it's... It would feel like it was more than, it was like more of a trend than a fluke that that happened last year, and that, like, we, if we start 4-0 next year, we're just going to be dreading the conference, like, schedule ahead. And we'll yeah, and it's... Heads. It's like you said, if you just look at the... That would mean we go two and... Uh, God, my math is terrible. Two and, we are six. two and six. The rest of the way, when we just said we pretty much have um, six very winnable games, like games where you would think they are... We are not massive underdogs in six of those, assuming Texas and OU you lose. Then you've got six games that you just say you absolutely can win all of these. And to then go two and four in those, I think would be pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. seven is a perfect number. Like, go get seven. You've now made progress from a great season last year. Um, six, you're kind of like like AB said, ah, what what's wrong? Why can't we why can't we make it through a whole year? 
but you get seven, you're feeling good. And then eight, it's like, we... I, I'd like to, my personal answer, I won't be upset with KU football for this, but like, I'm going to need to see nine wins because I just want that day on Twitter. I want that day on Twitter when someone I'm not going to say was like, bookmark this tweet. Can't believe there aren't a lot of bookmarks on this one. And just seeing all the quotes about this nine and three talk that I was spitting out. If they get to that, that's a field day, and I will just make a lot of enemies online. I'm going to stay quiet until I see it. But personally, I would like to see nine wins. Well, the thing for me, too, is the Big 12 is pretty down. There's some stinky teams, and it's crazy how much we've closed in the gap. We were the worst team in the conference, and now it feels like we're solidified in the top 10 at least, or Jesus, top five, at least for this season. You got Texas and OU, obviously the top two, and then I'll say K-State is above us. Just for now, just we got to prove more. They just won the Big 12 title. And then who, what are the, KU's a top what team in the Big 12 right right now this year? I don't know how you don't say four. Or at least five, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, who's, well, the who's the fifth team? Yeah, I don't, I mean, Tech was supposed to be good. They haven't, they've won one game. UCF, solid. Um who, who else yeah, am I missing? That's thing. Houston's it's, not that good. Cincy, there's no I think argument to be made that says we're not top five. That's what's amazing about it. Yeah, so it's so I think our expectations should be pretty high. And kind of thinking about this game coming up this weekend, if we would have had it last year, how much different the expectations would have been. Like last year, we would have been like, ah, we're going to go probably go get killed in Austin. Now you just you think the staff is capable of whatever, really. Um, and they can go in there and compete. We got the guys, we got the personnel, we got the explosive offense, the play caller. So I think the expectations are crazy. And I was literally thinking during the show last year when we started 4-0, we were probably cheesing the whole episode through the roof. I don't think it's us getting older. I think it's with the excitement. I think it's like we kind of expect this. I'm not saying we expect to go undefeated, but it just seems like, yeah, it's that. I mean, we have been teasing this entire episode, though, a little bit. (laughs) I'm just, I feel like we would have been way more excited, but it's not even that. It's just like we, it's like we, yeah. The BYU game was just take care of business. I was like shaking hands as we walked out of the booth, like good win boys. That's what you do. Like it wasn't a storm the field type situation. It was just like, yep, we're, we're flat out better than BYU. And there was no doubt. And we'll see it next week. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, the more I watch this team, the more I think about, I keep saying it, but like the the talent we have on this team that was playing in big games last year. I have now, I'm just going to walk you through my head here. I I think we're going to beat, I think we're going to be heading into that game October 28th against OU. We're going to be six and one, boys. I think we are. We're going to beat UCF at home and then we're going to go win at Oklahoma State. We're going to be six and one. And my prediction on the show before the season was that we're going to beat OU. So maybe, I don't know. I don't feel good about us beating OU and going into 7-1, and one, so I hate that. But either way, I feel really good about us being at six wins with a lot of winnable games left. You still have Iowa State at that point. You still have Texas Tech at that point. You still have Cincinnati at that point. And you'd have K-State. And, like, I K-State's good. They're always going to be good, but, like, K State is not a wagon at all. We'll cross. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm excited though. 
Yeah, doesn't it feel good saying the six and one thing? I mean, it's just like last year, I feel like we would we were nervous to fire off crazy takes. I know we talked about Arlington last year a little bit, but it just felt it just felt different last year. Now I feel like you say that opposing fan bases like wouldn't think that it's crazy. Six and but one. like you beat a UCF and you beat a Oklahoma State who lost thirty three to six to South Alabama or whoever it was at home. So yeah, it doesn't even sound crazy anymore. And I just I feel Com- confident and comfortable saying nearly whatever about this program yeah. right now. So, and we're, we probably got to wrap up here in a second, but AB, are we, mm-hmm. so let's say we compete with Texas. Let's say we lose uh, 31 24. It's fine. Whatever. Sure. You move on. Are we favored against UCF at home? And then are we favored against Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State? Like, I don't even know what to ex- UCF, I guess. I watched them Saturday. That's all I know about them, and they didn't have their quarterback. But I think we would be favored in both those games. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know for sure. The UCF one's tough because you don't know with Plumley. I'd say without them, we're probably more than a touchdown favorite with them. I say that, though. I mean, they were, what, four-point dogs against K-State this year? Yeah, uh, but this past yeah that's with... true, and they didn't have Plumley there. But yeah. did they not expect Howard to play in that? I don't know. Yeah, that had to do with it. Probably. I think it jumped a little bit, but yeah, I guess if you're nine point favorites against BYU, you, yeah, seriously, yeah. Sorry for all the preseason buzz on JD. It was supposed to go to Will Howard. Sorry, they they got that one wrong. That's right. Um, yeah, nine point favorites against BYU. So I guess what would you be against UCF with Plumley? Maybe four or five under a touchdown. I would think, right? I mean, UCF I'm offset closer to a field goal. I think the analyst. Yeah, yeah. I I was I said three. I thought three right away, but yeah, Mall's on. Great coach play caller they're gonna go up tempo and Plumlee can throw it and run it on you so if you want the little ESPN predictor they've got UCF as a 65% chance for UCF to win uh which feels high feels high and then it's got KU slightly favored against Oklahoma State which is gonna be crazy to see KU favored in a conference road game I can see Mike Gundy (laughs) and Matt I think it'll be like a touchdown favorite in Stillwater We'll see, boys. Yes, we're awful. They just lost to Iowa State, and they lost by 30 at home to South Alabama. But didn't they just win this weekend? Or did they beat Iowa State? I thought Iowa State no. won. Oh, my bad. No, I was there wrong. What's um, new one? I didn't, I didn't know West Virginia beat Tech until about five minutes ago. But, yeah, we gotta. I got to say this. is If we do beat Texas Saturday, we're all in on, like, Arlington, right? So, like I said, if we beat Texas Saturday, I'm all in on the playoff talk. <laughs> Why would you not be? Honestly, we're laughing again. We're laughing because it's KU, but I'm sorry if we're 5-0 and with a top five win on the road. Like, we've talked about the rest of the schedule. Who else scares you? And if we go to Austin and win, if, I don't want this clip, Nick or Tucker or other clips. Oh, my God. The clip. I don't want this one clipped because people are going to assume this is my prediction and not just like a what if. But if we go into Austin to beat the number three team in the country, that's team in the country. That's a massive win, and that not only changes how we look in the rankings, it changes how we feel because we're going to go into every single game the rest of the year saying, "All right, we're going to win." There's no way we're not. There's no way we're going to lose to Oklahoma. No chance. Yeah, I mean the clip guys at KCN have been getting UAB specifically. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm okay. Jalen Daniels Mahomes comparison. I loved it. Um, but, but. Here's I the didn't thing. clarify. We in the middle of that take, 
if it were we're like oh, failing the tool. I didn't even see that guy clips. So it's probably yeah. best quarterback no. in the world. People were like, oh, this guy just compared JD to Pat, whatever. I love it. No, him. I didn't. I literally said, I'm not right. saying JD is Mahomes. I'm saying he makes plays that are similar when he rolls out, extends plays, and finds someone across the field. Like, you know, Nick, Nick, Nick in the chat just said he's the guy in charge of clips. Hey, clicks, we, we need those clips because that's what gets people to click. So, but last right. thing, if we go in and beat Texas at Texas, is that the, so we'd be 4 0, we'd be 5 0 with a win at Texas. Would that be the most impressive win of the entire college football season of anybody? Like, that's what's crazy. We'd be 5-0 and and we'd have maybe the best win in college football. The only other one that could count is maybe Texas at Alabama just because Bama's like history. But I don't think Bama's that Jason good. Bede and also Alabama. So Also, if we're talking about like... No, uh, Braden, I know you think I'm with Ryan on that. I absolutely think Jason Bean would start there. 100%. Clip it. Right. Fight. I have two more things. Very quick. Yeah. First of all, yeah. I'd like to be the first one to congratulate the Kansas City Football Chiefs on hosting their sixth straight AFC Conference Championship. <laughs> As everyone else in this conference sucks, the Bengals can't win a damn game or score a point. Dolphins only uh, scored 70 points. Only, I know. Uh, second... Big 12 basketball schedule gets released tomorrow. I just want a quick prediction on who the last game of the season is going to be against. Texas. Braden? There's so many teams in the league now. Um, I'll say Oklahoma State. Okay. I got K-State. I think, I think it's KU at K-State that Saturday before Selection Sunday. That's true. Like, maybe Jersey. Yeah. Juicy. 3 p.m. Yeah. start. Yeah. Duke, North Carolina right after. Yep. 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 All right. Well, this was fun, boys. Just 4-0, just living life with an absolute, I mean, the number one basketball team in the country, and now we're 4-0. We're an absolute juggernaut in football, too. What a life. And Taylor Swift was in Lawrence, Kansas today. We didn't even get into that. We did not even get into that. Shout out to our producer, Nick Boots on the ground, the lead reporter when it comes to the Taylor Swift saga. I'm just kidding. But he was Boots on the ground. Just work it today. So uh, wild times, wild times. But we will be back next week, and it could be one of the most absurd episodes in Ain't No Seats history if the Kansas football Jayhawks find a way to win in Austin. But until then... We will uh, we'll see you guys next week. Rock Chalk. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.